Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, and I'm blessed to be the owner here at Crystal Clear Finances. And I am excited about what we're talking about today, even though you may say seriously, because today we're gonna be talking about taxes. Because the decisions you make on how you invest your money, that's gonna help you on either pay more taxes or less taxes. And what I have found is that because many individuals don't know the difference between the different ways you can invest, they unintentionally set themselves up to be paying more taxes in the future. What if in working together, we were able to discuss all these different options, then you could be able to intentionally say, hmm, this is the type of investment where I'm gonna put my money so I don't have to pay any more taxes than necessary. So let's talk about them a little bit today. So I wanna talk about the fact that there's three types and I wanna talk about the different characteristics of it. So hopefully next year at this time, when you're doing your tax planning, when they say, oh, you gotta pay some taxes, it's less than what you had to pay this time. So let's talk about it. I wanna start first with taxable accounts. So let me just talk a little bit maybe of some examples of it and some of the characteristics of it. And then I'm gonna switch to my computer so that those who are watching us via our YouTube channel, you can see actual demonstrations, but don't worry, for those of you who are hearing this on our Crystal Clear Finances radio, you, I will talk you through it so it'll be almost like you're here. So let's talk about the taxable one. When you talk about a taxable account, this can be an individual account that just has your name on it. You can have an account that has your name and your spouse's name on it. Basically what it is, it's an account that's not set aside for retirement. Oh, you can use it at retirement, but it's not what we consider a qualified retirement account. So something where very simply you go into a bank, right? You put open up a savings account. That would be a taxable account. No, the problem is, if you had a savings account at the bank and it was a taxable account, you have to actually make money on it in order for it to be taxable. And a taxable account says any, any amount of growth that you received in that account above what you put in, that's what you're going to be taxed on. Now, usually there's no limit on what you can put into a taxable account. So kind of think of it like a savings account. They don't tell you, hey, you can't put more money in here. They'll take all you have. And the same thing works with a brokerage account. There's no rules on what the limit is that you can put in there. So you can use a taxable account, put money in it, and usually it's pretty liquid. Now, what do I mean by liquid? Well, one of the things that you need when you're creating wealth is you need access to capital. People think it's, oh, if I wanna become wealthy, it's all about rate of return. Au contraire, it is about access to capital and making sure that capital is working for you. So in a taxable account, you should be able to liquidate anything that's in it and use that money right away. So for example, if you had a stock that you put inside a brokerage account in your name or a joint account with you and your spouse have this brokerage account. Let's say it's at TD Ameritrade or E-Trade, whatever place that you're using. I know at our office, we use TD Ameritrade. And when you put the money, the stock in that account, to keep it liquid means, can I sell that stock pretty quick and get the money if there's an emergency that I need? If you can say yes, then this is a liquid account. Now, 
I just want to make a little comment on that. You don't put money into a brokerage account or in buy any stocks if you're planning on that's your emergency fund. You technically should have an emergency fund outside the market. So when we go through all the crazy up and downs that this year is demonstrating to us and many other years have demonstrated in the past, you don't want to have your emergency account there because if something happens and the market's down, well, then now you're accessing your money at a loss. So we want separate accounts that would do that. Now, another part when it comes to a taxable account is that there's a cost basis involved. And you might say, Crystal, what is cost basis and why should I care? A cost basis means it keeps track of what you have put inside the account. So if you put in $100, that's your cost basis. If you put in a million dollars, that's your cost basis. And in a taxable account, you need to know that. Let's pretend that you're one of the lucky ones and you have a million dollars in your account and you don't know what your cost basis is and you're not able to prove what your cost basis is and now it grows to $2 million. Well, first of all, wouldn't that be cool? So let's pretend your account grows to $2 million. If you don't know what your cost basis is inside an individual account, you guessed it. You have to pay taxes on the whole thing. But if you know what your cost basis is and you say, wait a minute, I can prove that I put a million in, then you only have to pay taxes on the growth that happened in it, that additional million that it grew to. And that's important when you start thinking about you're trying to build wealth, you want to pay taxes on it once and try not to have to pay taxes on that amount again. So if you've paid taxes and put that money in there, it's only the growth that you pay tax on. Now, one of the things that's nice about it, let's pretend that you have that million dollar stock account, right? Let's go with that number to dreaming purposes. And you have it there and God forbid you pass away and you die. Whoever inherits that account, if you bought your stock at $50 a share and then it bumps up and when you passed away, it was worth $100 a share, they get to have a step up in basis. They get to say their new basis is $100. So when they sell it some time down the road and it's $200, they can say, well, my basis is 100 and I don't have to pay anything on taxes below that. I have to pay everything on taxes above it. But do you see how having a taxable account, the benefit of it is that you only have to pay taxes on the growth component. Now, here's something that people don't understand. The market goes down, they have a taxable account, which is usually not how it's referred to. It's usually referred to as a joint account or an individual account. So they have these joint or individual accounts. It's with TD Ameritrade, wherever it is that you have it. And then at the end of the year, you see, oh, I lost money in it. Well, it's been a down year. And so you don't worry about it too much. And then all of a sudden you find out, wait a minute, now I have to pay taxes on this account? I didn't even use the money. I lost money in this account. How can I have to pay taxes? Well, if you're positioned correctly for dividends in within your account, even when the market's down, most companies still pay their dividends. And just because you chose, very wisely I might add, that you may have wanted your dividends to reinvest and buy the stock while it was at a lower price during these down years, the government's not impressed by your ability to think that way. The government says, wait a minute, you had dividends that were generated in this account 
Not my fault you chose to reinvest them. I'm going to count that as income that came out. Well, they're actually going to tax it as capital gains that came out. What's your dividends that you made? So you can actually have an individual account where you lost money during the year and still have to pay taxes. So many people will say, well, then why in the world would I want a taxable account if I have that kind of potential? Because think about this, especially right now, when the market's down, now is the opportunity when you can find, and this is not a recommendation, I'll be careful from compliance purposes, but when the market's down like this, when you can find quality companies that just last year were being paid per share at a higher price, and now those same companies are at a lower price, what a great opportunity to be able to go in and buy those now. Tell you what, three years, maybe five years from now, you're going to be able to see who was who put money in the market when the market was down, who pulled out their money because they were nervous the market was down, and then you'll be able to look who tried to time the market. And what I have found, it's in these down markets that the wealth is made. You just don't see it till three to five years out. And because we live in a microwave society where when I do something, I want to see the immediate results of it, many times when that happens, that thought process happens, we give up the real opportunity to grow wealth because we're looking at the here and now. I would encourage you to begin to look at when you're looking at your taxable account, when you're looking at your different funds that you have that you're invested in, Talk with your financial advisor and say, are these quality companies? I mean, begin to look at the past history, though past history is never a guarantee of future results, but look at the company. Think, does this company have the ability to raise their prices on their products or services so that it can adapt to the rising inflation that's happening? Does this company offer a product or service that people are going to want to use one, two, three, five, ten years from now? If we can begin looking at the specifics of the company, and if we can think long-term, and by long-term, I'm only talking three to five years, which technically isn't long-term, but if we can begin to look at that, then do you see the opportunity you've been given right now? And think about this. If they're saying that if we have more than seven interest rates uh, in hikes this year, we may go into a recession. If that's what they're saying, you know, based on different things, then when the recession comes, do we want to continue buying while things are nice and low so that when we come out of it, we have numerous amounts of shares? It's all about in the downtimes, you want to increase the number of shares. In the uptimes in the market, you want the value of the share to go up. Well, you can't have both of them happening at the same time. So now during this period, whether it's just this year or if we're fortunate enough to have a couple years where the market's down, think of the amount of shares you could start buying where you can afford it. Now, many of you know I'm not because of different stances, not huge fan of this one company that's about to do a 20 for one split. But I wanna ask you, why do you think they're doing that? This huge company, They're doing it because their price of share is so expensive now, $3,300, $3,500. People can't afford it. 
So what they did is they said, okay, well then I'll make a split. So now my price goes down because what are they trying to do? They're trying to have Americans, investors who are saying, you know what? I can now afford to buy this while the price is down and I'll get a lot of shares. So when the market goes back up, the share price will go back up. That's how taxable accounts work and investments inside taxable accounts. And again, what you pay for is you just pay for the growth on that component. So when we get back to what I opened the program with today, when I said taxes, the way you spend and the way you invest impacts the amount of taxes you set yourself up to pay, understand when you're working with a taxable account, you're setting yourself up to pay on dividends that you may or may not take out, and you're setting yourself up so that you're only going to be taxed on the growth, which is actually a good thing. Let me look at the other area here for any other points that I wanted to make out. Uh, that's really it. So I'd like to segue over to my computer. And in my computer, if you're looking at it through our YouTube channel, you will see that when I enter this, I'm going to be talking about Taxable 101. And we're just going to do a quick review of everything that I said. So I'm going to go to Taxable Accounts. And for those of you who aren't online with me and so you're listening to my voice, what I have in front of me is our picture of our personal economic model. You might say, what is that? Well, it's something all of us have. And it's a picture of our cash flow. And when money comes in, in the form of a paycheck, and for most people, it's just consumed and lost forever. But what we're talking about today is, wait, I'm not gonna consume every penny I have. I'm actually gonna put it in a taxable account. And what does that mean? Well, here's how taxable accounts work, and I'm doing it via picture so everyone can see. Money comes in through the tax filter. Usually, money comes in in the form of a paycheck, and it goes to the tax filter so that by the time you receive it in your checking account, if you have direct deposit, the taxes have been taken out. Then you have the money that's considered after tax, right? Because you got the paycheck, you paid the tax, so now it's after tax. Well, you take that after tax money and that's what you put into a taxable account. If you've positioned that taxable account correctly, hopefully it should be growing for you. And I'm gonna pause here from this picture, but I'll be right back to it. I want you to think for a moment, what taxable accounts do you have? where you've already paid the tax on your initial investment and now everything that's growing in there, that's the growth that you'll be taxed on, but you've got a basis in it. Do you have one of them? Having a taxable account where you have easy access to money that you don't have to be restricted by being a certain age may be something to sit down with your financial advisor and talk about. Now, anything that grows in that taxable account, getting back to the picture that I'm showing, anything that grows in there, well, you guessed it. It's like I said before, that is going to be taxable. And those taxes, you got it, they're paid annually. So you have two choices though. You can either go into your taxable account, pull money from it and say, hey, that's how I'm gonna pay my taxes. I made money, but I'm also gonna pay taxes from it. Well. The disadvantage of that is it slows down the growth that's in the account because basically the account grows, then you take some out to pay taxes. Account grows again, and you take some out to pay taxes. But some people do it that way, but most that I've worked with, they like to pay it out of their lifestyle. And let me rephrase that. 
they don't like to pay it, but they do pay it out of their lifestyle. So they leave everything alone in the taxable account. They go to their CPA. They go to my friend Ben Cars at Jackson Hewitt, and they say, okay, what do we got to do here? And then we find out what the taxes are, and they pay it out of lifestyle. So here's the things to consider before we take our break. When you're doing uh, a taxable account, you have to be able to understand that there's only going to be tax on whatever grows in there. If you pull it out, you interrupt the growth, but you want to keep it liquid so that you can touch it whenever you have emergency needs. The other thing to understand is when you have a taxable account, it is give, it does give you exposure to creditors. So if there's lawsuits, guess what gets to be on the plate? And that's why a lot of times when we're sitting down with our clients, when we talk about our 3-2-1 method, three areas to grow money in our green tank savings, our yellow tank investments, and we talk about the importance of protection, we want to put an umbrella policy in place so if there are lawsuits, we have something that's acting as a buffer there. So that's how taxable accounts work in a nutshell, what I'd like to do is let's just quick take a 30 second break and then we'll come back. I want to talk about the other types of taxable accounts that are out there so that you can intentionally decide, do I want to put my money in a taxable account, a tax advantage account, or a tax postponed account? Because you're probably doing one of them now, but let's make it intentional so that you can pay the least amount of taxes possible. We'll be back in just 30 seconds. Did you know the way you invest your money can increase or decrease taxes? This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Taxable accounts require you only pay taxes on the growth. Tax-deferred accounts, like your retirement plans, can provide tax savings today but can be fully taxable in the future. And tax-free accounts, well, they can allow you to pay taxes once and never again. Knowing which type of investment account you are using can increase or decrease the amount of taxes you owe. So learn which tax structures are right for you. Call Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 and gain the confidence you need for every financial decision. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. My name is Crystal Langdon. And yes, today we are talking about one of our favorite topics, or maybe it's one of my favorite topics, it's taxes. And the reason why it's a favorite topic to me is because we actually have a choice. Many times we think that taxes are a necessary evil. Well, actually they are, but there are ways that we can pay less. And if we can be intentional and not be overwhelmed by all the different vehicles that are out there, if we can be intentional on how we're going to spend and save our money, then we can make sure that we pay the least amount of taxes possible. Now, I want to finish our program by talking about the other two types. And before I do, though, I do want to do a quick shout out and help you understand that there is a Power of Investing webinar that's coming up that we'd love for you to join. Many times when people are investing, and I'm going to talk about this in a later uh, broadcast that I do, 
They don't understand that there's actually, you have a responsibility, but not just responsibility. You have options when it comes to investing. And when you can understand that you actually have power with this, don't give your power to someone else. Take the power that you have and say, I'm going to begin to understand like today, how the specific investments that I choose will affect me in the tax field. You're going to be able to choose what type of investments that I'm going to be in and whether they will impact my community, whether they're going to change culture. Just remember, you have so much influence, so much power when it comes to your finances. Don't get confused by it. Don't feel overwhelmed by it. Give us a call at 518-433-7181. Let's sit down. Let's demystify how it works with taxes. And I can tell you this, if you're frustrated over where your taxes were when you went to file this year, Instead of just being frustrated and instead of thinking this is the way it's always going to be, we can do things to take charge. We can reposition. We can do things to help in that arena. So give us a call and we'll, we'll schedule a free initial consultation. Now let's go back to what we were talking about today. So we talked about that there's three areas where you can position your money and depending what you choose is how much taxes you're going to pay. So we talked about the taxable account. Most people People have referred to it as an individual account or a joint account or a transfer on death account. They're very easy to set up. And unless you're working with venture capital or private equity, most of them can be pretty liquid in there. And that's something, again, you'd want to talk to your advisor. We talk with our clients and say, listen, when's the time frame you think you're going to be touching on it? And that shows us what we're going to use, whether we use ladder bonds or private equity or whether we're doing just stocks or different funds within there. But I want to talk now about tax deferred, which really is tax po postponed uh, taxes. Now, the best way I was thinking on how to kind of describe this is, how many of you heard when the law passed that said people who couldn't pay their uh, rent during COVID were allowed to postpone on it. They didn't have to pay their rent. And oh, happy day, people weren't paying their rent and the world was a wonderful place. Well, not really, but they were just thrilled because they were under the misconception that postponing their rent meant you don't have to pay it. No, all that meant was during those months of hardship, they were putting pause on it but it was still ringing up to your landlord that you would still owe this. So some people were six months, nine months behind with their landlord. It didn't just get forgiven. They still have to pay these things. Well, we take that same approach when it comes to tax deferred in our 401k. Somehow we're thinking, you know what? I don't have to pay the taxes on this money that I'm putting in my 401k now. And there's a thought that, it's postponed forever. And it just doesn't work that way. Unless you're a pastor, and I'm going to do a little caveat here. Unless you're a pastor and we sit down with them, we help them set it up properly so they don't have to pay taxes going in and they don't have to pay taxes going out, which if you are a pastor, this should be a huge ringing bell in the background of why in the world aren't we set up in a way that we can have taxes, not have to pay taxes going in, not have to pay taxes going out. You guys do a ton for the kingdom of God. We need to make sure your accounts are set up properly. So I'll get off my platform on that. You can call me. We'll talk about how to get that situated. But when we go to tax 
deferred or tax postponed, those are your 401k, your 403b, and your IRA. Now, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand because I can't see you, but how many of you had your CPA or wherever you went said, if you put money into an IRA, it will reduce the amount of taxes that you have to pay this year. We got a lot of calls, people saying, oh, I want to put money into my IRA because then I have to pay less taxes. Just understand, you had to pay less taxes because you postponed paying taxes on the money you put into that IRA. You will have to pay that in the future. So you are setting yourself up for a tax bomb, time bomb, in the future. So we want to understand that when it comes to tax deferred accounts. So the way you recognize them, anything that has to do with your IRA, your 401k, your 403b, retirement plans. Now, remember how I said a moment ago that your joint taxable accounts or your individual taxable accounts, you can put as much money in as you want. That is not the case with your retirement plans, which is kind of funny, isn't it? I mean, you would think if you're planning for your retirement, you would want to be able to put as much as possible in that. Well, we could talk to your government about that. But in the meantime, let me tell you what the limits are. If you put money in an IRA that you're using because it's an individual retirement account to save for the future, so you have money for your retirement and you are under the age of 50, you get to hold on, wait for it, you get to put $6,000 in. And if you happen to be 50 years or older, then you can put 7,000 in a year. So you can just kind of visualize how long that's going to take to begin to add up. But that is one place. And what they've done is they said, you put that money in there, don't worry about taxes. But when you go to take it out, everything that grew in the account, what you put in plus what it grew, that's all taxable. So remember a moment ago when I was talking about the taxable account, we said you won't be taxed on what you put in there. You're only taxed on the portion that it grows. Not the same in an IRA, a 401k or a 403b that's set up incorrectly. The whole thing becomes taxable. And that's why there's no cost basis involved. And that is also why when you look at an IRA, a qualified plan, a 403b, a 401k, at age 72, the government says, I am so tired of waiting for my money from you. I want you to give that money back. I want to get my taxes on it. And so at 72, yes, I know, before it used to be 70 and a half. Well, technically it was the April following the year that you turned 70 and a half. But when you turned 70 and a half, that was the old rules. Now the new rules is they have bumped it up to age 72 and that's when you can take your money out. Also at the same time that they made that rule, they also said that if you pass away and it gets passed to your children, a non-spouse, they got 10 years and they have to empty that account because they wanna make sure that's not stretched out over their lifetime. So a, a tax deferred means, okay, you're giving me a break on it now, but I will pay taxes in the future. So if you're trying to set it up so that you're in retirement and you don't have a mortgage payment and you don't have other payments that are there and you're trying to make it just as simple as possible, just be aware at retirement when you have that 401k and you call, roll it over to an IRA and we're working with you and you say, Crystal, I need $2,000 a month. The next question I'm going to say is, okay, well then how much taxes do you want me to withhold? Do you want me to withhold 20%? Do you want me to hold 30%? And here's the thing. People say, but Crystal, you don't understand. 
when I'm older and I'm retired, I'm going to be in a different tax bracket. I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the inflation that we're going through. Can you really use the same money you used two years ago that you were using for your household? Does it buy as much today as it did two years ago? Does it buy as much today as it did two weeks ago? What we have to realize is where we might be thinking, oh, in retirement, I don't need a lot of money. But you've got to factor in, well, you may be needing at least $100,000 a year because of the inflation of what is food, what is gas, what is insurance, what is mortgage, what is property tax. People are very excited that they're paying off their mortgage, but they're leaving out that property tax also increases. There's a lot of different areas that we need to be watching for that. And I say that because it's important that we understand proper positioning is critical. Well, I'm looking at the clock and realizing we got to go. We have not, we've covered one taxable, then we covered tax deferred or tax postponed. And so on our next week's program, we're going to make sure we cover the third area and then tie this all up with a nice red bow so that you can become intentional when it comes to investing so that you can pay the least amount of taxes possible. So if this is of interest to you, then please give us a call at 518-433-7181 and then join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.